feel like you were born in the wrong era? Do you pine for a time gone by? Well, you've come to the right place. I'm Kaya Handley. Welcome to This Retro Life. It's been a very amazing experience going over to Viva Las Vegas and then being crowned dust and rough to my oxygen. Quite a few people say the first time they ever saw television, in fact, was actually at the milk bar. I feel like vintage clothes is really the way to experience the past. We come out a go-go girl gang because we dance, we wear these cute little outfits. So we took off in our newly polished old trailer and along the way we're in two accidents with it. Megan Hilty falls back on the table and sticks her feet up in the air in full 18th century dress. And there's our shoes. Hey! This week, I want you to meet someone who is so, so great at bringing people together. It was a love of headpieces and hats that led her to a passion for vintage and pinup. She's a singer, performer, and rallier of like-minded people, which is what we love here at This Retro Life. Whether that's in the pinup community or the disability community, ladies and gentlemen, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to Sugar St. Clair. Hi, thank you so much for speaking with me. Thank you for having me, Kai. It's lovely. Now, you found pinup and vintage, as you say, on a bit of a whim. Tell us what happened. Well, I had, um, had chronic fatigue while I was studying and I wanted to find something that I could do to keep me occupied and maybe make some money on the side if I possibly could. <laughs> so I started making hair accessories and, and things and um, called my business Cherry Pie Millinery. I've always been drawn to the retro aesthetic. And I did a photo shoot with a friend who I've worked with a few times who makes beautiful clothes. And uh, through that, we met some pinup girls We'd done a couple of competitions in Australia Mm -hmm. and they were really into the scene and everything and um, convinced me to explore it a little bit more. Never looked back. (laughs) I love that. What was it that you think took you initially and made you want to fall down that rabbit hole of the vintage world? So many layers to that question. I love the music. I grew up with it. My grandmother loved Frank Sinatra and and, um, The Wizard of Oz was very special to both of us. So I grew up grew up with a lot of that. And being a plus size curvy person, the fashion has always suited me more. And it, it's just, it's beautiful. It flatters so many different body shapes. That's what I think is great about vintage, especially vintage in a modern life, is that we can take so many different elements. You can be into cars, you can be into fashion, you can be into music, you can be into movies, you can be into yeah. history, and then it all comes together in the in the one place. Oh, absolutely. The beauty of now is that we can take all the things that we love from history and leave leave the crappy things like um, like. The, really really bad misogyny and racism we don't have to take those with us we can um use what we like and pay homage to the things that we enjoyed and the spirit the banding together and um waste not want not kind of attitudes that they they had to develop around wartime the resilience that they developed we can we can use all of that i saw your style described online as an eclectic mix of disney princess (laughs) Eartha Kitt, Lady Gaga with a decent dollop of Julie Andrews. Is that still relevant? Oh, that's always relevant. That's, um, <laughs> that's my personal style. That's my performance style. I love being a little bit different. I love vintage hats. I love vintage clothes. 
Etiquette. I love etiquette. It's a wonderful thing. How does your personality reflect in your fashion style these days? I have turquoise hair. <laughs> That's a big thing. I get a lot of uh, get a lot of looks, get a lot of comments. Mostly people love it. I wear bold colors, bright novelty prints and things in the classic, mainly 50s silhouettes because that's what suits me best. When I was 16 to 20, I think, I was a goth. I was quite into that scene and I think that that's influenced my fashion now as well in a way that I rarely wear black. (laughs) I've sort of completely gone against that. I was a terrible goth though. I I refused to wear all black. I always had to have some colour in there. (laughs) So I think that's that's influenced my style now. How did you pick your competition name, Sugar St. Clair? Because it can be a really hard process and some women change their name yeah. over time as well as they develop. Yeah, well, that's one of the reasons why we started the pinup registry. When I did this competition, I originally wanted the name Miss Cherry Pie because of my business name. And I think the year before there'd been a, a strawberry shortcake or something and the woman who ran the competition decided that was too close. I did a lot of searching. I looked into French names because I have some French heritage. So Sugar came from one of my favourite movies, uh, Some Like It Hot with Marilyn Monroe. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) And her name in that is Sugar Cane Kowalski. I just thought, oh, Sugar's a really really nice name. It's, It's cute. It's a bit fun. And Claire is my name. So it just sort of, yeah, it just worked. And at the time, I looked around, I uh, Googled, looked on Facebook. I couldn't find anyone with that name. So I thought, excellent, I found, um, found a name that no one's using and I will use that. <laughs> Fast forward all these years later, though, and you're, you're still using that name. But as you said, you and a couple of other fabulous ladies started the pinup registry. Where did the idea for this come from? I have two lovely friends who um, one of them was entered in this competition with me and another was entered in the year later and she had a different name then, but she didn't like it. It didn't feel right for her. So she changed it, but she didn't check if there was anyone else using a similar name around the time Mm -hmm. until she changed all of her social media and everything and started using that name and tagged herself in a post and someone else's name came up. So it got me thinking that it's actually really hard. It can be really hard to establish whether a name is already being used. Social media searches, Google searches, they're not a fail safe. It's, mm. They're not absolute. Not everyone has a social media presence. Exactly. Some people might just use their names for competing. They might not use it as a business. They might not do photo shoots. They might not get published. And there's a whole host of reasons for having a pinup name and not all of those involve social media. Mm. And when I was doing roller derby, there's the roller derby name roster, which is an international list of skaters. It's a free platform to enroll on, but it's just just a list. And then there's also the um, the Australian burlesque name register. So the idea for the pinup registry is that those with a name pop it on there and those yes. looking to create a name, maybe think of a name, go on their yes. search and if it's free as a bird, they can register their interest and then people know that that name is taken. Yes. We do encourage that everyone does do their own searches 
because we don't have the time, the resources to search absolutely every single name that's registered with us. We do know, obviously, if someone registers a name that's already registered with us, that has happened. And is it a a global registry or is it just for Australia? It's global. It started off as being uh, for Australia and New Zealand, but that's expanded very quickly. <laughs> it became became quite obvious that it was something that was needed around the world. And have people responded? Has it cut down on some of the drama perhaps? I'd like to think so, but it's still, you know, it's very early days. We only just celebrated our first birthday. We have just over 150 names on the registry at the moment. So yeah, still very early days. There are thousands of pinups out there. I know some of the more well-known ones are not likely to want to register their names because they probably don't feel they need to, particularly if they're trademarked, which is, you know, that's fair enough. But there are a lot out there who aren't. Another side of, of pinup that I know that you talk about quite a bit has to do with chronic illness and disability. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, uh, it might not be a widely known thing, but there's actually quite a big chronic illness and disability community within the pinup community. There are quite a few of us in Australia and in New Zealand. So I was on a um, an online international forum talking about pinup and disability and I connected with a couple of girls from America and we decided to start uh, just a Facebook group for pinups with disabilities from around the world and we now have over 200 members, which is lovely. And the group is called Pinup Pajama Party because a lot of us tend to sit around in our pajamas a lot of the time when we're not wearing vintage, like I am right now. <laughs> so it's, it's lovely. We all share stories of living with our various disabilities, chronic illnesses, and doing it in our vintage style and the way that we can share tips and tricks for um, overcoming some of the barriers. Like it can be really hard to do your hair if you can't have your hands up for long periods of time or you can't stand different things like what clothing to what clothing is better to wear with different mobility aids, uh, wheelchairs, walkers, canes, different shoes that you can wear orthotics with. They don't have to be old lady shoes. We don't have to look like we're going bowling or, or anything like that. There are actually some, some quite cute and fashionable shoes out there that you can have with orthotics. Makeups that you can use for our different skin conditions. It's, it's nice to nice to have a community of people that you can talk to who understand more of what you're going through, but also share that interest. How do you think pinup and vintage can make people with disability or like yourself with chronic illness? What can you tell us about your condition? God, how much time have you got? <laughs> Predominantly, I have a condition called dysautonomia. My autonomic nervous system doesn't function properly. The autonomic nervous system is the one that looks after all the things you don't have to think about, like heart rate and blood pressure, fluid retention, temperature control, all of that stuff. So I get drops in blood pressure when I stand and my heart rate increases. And that causes things like confusion, dizziness, what we call brain fog, Um, so trouble thinking, trouble remembering things. I get a lot of chronic fatigue symptoms. Chronic fatigue is a big part of my condition. So in addition to that, I also have an immune deficiency. I haven't been able to determine if I was born with it or if it was acquired when I was quite young. But when I get sick, it makes all of the dysautonomia stuff a lot worse, which in turn means that it takes me longer to recover 
from getting sick. So how has pinup and vintage and, and finding that pinup pajama party community helped you, especially in those, you know, low moments when you're struggling with your health? How does having that online community of people who have an understanding and also a passion for vintage, how does that help? You can't underestimate the value of having a support system, even if it's online. When I first got sick, I made some wonderful friends through uh, support groups on Facebook. I'm still friends with them now. Being able to celebrate people's high points and commiserate with their low points and offer support, it's a wonderful thing to be able to do. We talk a lot about confidence building when it comes to vintage and when men and women find this calling, you know, and they can finally dress to their bodies. It's such a a confidence builder. That must be added when you find a community like this. Absolutely. I mean, we, we all already love the fashion. We've each got our own slightly different style within it. I mean, everyone who does pin up rockabilly vintage has their own style, but it's sort of, it's very special to be able to um, develop that alongside people who know a little bit more about what your limitations are as far as styling and all of that go. Sugar St. Clair, it's been great to catch up with you on this Retro Life. Thank you for the work that you do for the pin-up registry, for making it easier for us all to choose a pin-up name, which is hard enough as it is. And thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Kyra. It's been lovely. That's it for this episode of This Retro Life. You can find us on Wooshka, iTunes and Stitcher where you can subscribe and, of course, rate and review us so it's easier for other guys and gals to find this podcast. To get more information on today's guest, head to our website, thisretrolife.com or search This Retro Life on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We have some photos and videos and behind the scenes and a whole heap more retro fun, so do come and check us out. As always, if you're a vintage guy or gal from any era and into anything from cars to collectibles, we'd love to hear from you. Go to thisretrolife.com and drop us a line. Until next time, I'm Kai Handley. Thanks for listening to This Retro Life. This Retro Life.